Here's the podcast Project Connection. Welcome back to Project Connection, a Digital Alberta podcast. As always, I'm your host, Corey Seller, a.k.a. SellerCast. I'm joined by Anthony Nejinderaj and Raj Rajakamir of the Edmonton-based startup Spontively. For those of you who don't know, Spontively is a platform that helps organizations create and market community events. We'll also talk about how their shared Sri Lankan Tamil background provided the inspiration to create an app that supported newcomers and the positive and negative response they received when they stepped in to offer shopping support at the start of the pandemic and what they've learned from that experience. I officially met Anthony and Raj back in September 2019, I want to say, uh, when I was picking up a free t-shirt after giving a shout out to Spontively on Twitter, and we've stayed in touch ever since. Anthony, Raj, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I know it's been a long time coming to get this episode put together, but thanks so much for making the time. Thanks, Corey. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me here, Corey. Really appreciate it, man. Excited. Fantastic. Let's get it right off the top here. What is Spontively for those who don't know? Uh, since we met, I feel like the platform has definitely evolved. So let's uh, let's dive right in. Anthony, yeah, I think you should take this one because this is your this is this like is your baby. Right here. This is my domain. Well, when we first started off, Corey, like when you met with us earlier, we were really focused on on community growth, right, and, and building stronger communities. And, and our mission has never changed. Where we actually changed or or evolved was the fact that we were we were really focusing on B two C at first, and then we really focused on B to B two B. So we are a community management platform that's helping organizations build strong communities through improving their process workflow around event management and promotion. Yeah, just to add to that, like what we what Anthony meant by it, uh, just to just to give like the viewers understanding of the B two C B two B B two Cs. Uh, business to customers, so it's more much more like end user centric and focus uh, in terms of like like the way your business model kind of works for the startup, whereas B two B is just more serving businesses, whatever that might kind of look like. So we've been really focused on workflow management, uh, workflow efficiencies, and the motto has always been to build stronger communities, and we kind of evolved into serving businesses better. And we, and we realized this during, like, just before the pandemic. And I think a lot of people look at us and they're like, oh, we have to switch our model during the pandemic. When we launched at the university in September, when you met with us, we realized these organizations, like the departments that we're working with, had really convoluted work, workflow management and processes. And that's when we realized that this is a, this is a, a B2B problem that we need to hit. Yeah, we were very, like, bottom-up approach at first. We were serving, like, the, the B2C side. And then we quickly evolved that, hey, it's not, it's not more so the bottom up, but let's focus on the top down. When we actually started to really critically think about this, we realized like the, the, the problem always stemmed from like the organizational level, right? And if we can kind of help that level, then whatever trickles down to the end user, they would basically taste the merits of what exactly is happening in the ecosystem. So that's kind of how we kind of shifted our mindset as well as what we're serving and who we're serving. Quickly turning back to the platform for a second, obviously it, it, we, there, it has evolved a little bit, as you said. Uh, when, when users download the app or you know, what, 
what can they expect when they launch it? Kind of describe when a community manager of an organization accesses the platform, describe a bit of that walkthrough of what they're going to be able to do on the Spontively platform. So as a community manager, you'll be expecting three elements of our platform, right? One being event management, one another one being promotions, and another one being analytics and data. All of this stem from our core element, which was as I alluded to before, workflow management and workflow efficiency. As a host, whether I'm a local esports group, farmer's market, or co-working space, what can I expect when I'm using the platform? We're really centered on like the centralization of information and just platforms in general. So if you think about like the digital version, like a co-working hub or a space, there's multiple different variables, components that make up that space with multiple different disciplines put together that ecosystem. And that's kind of what we're doing at a digital point where at an organizational level, at at a micro level, we're just combining different, a community manager, a marketing person. If there's at a director level or a manager level, you have different points of this platform that you can take a look at and basically evaluate how your organization is performing in a specific sector pursuant to whether it's events, whether it's engagement or data or analytics. Those are just some areas that we're kind of focused on. No, that's fantastic. And I really hope more groups, whether it be co-working spaces or community leagues, hopefully they're, they can embrace and, and try out uh, the Spontively platform and continue to, to grow the user base uh, within Edmonton. Of course, moving beyond the border of Edmonton, going into the, the region and beyond that. So especially during the pandemic, I, you know, there's definitely been a bit of a pivot, I feel. But nevertheless, you're still here. You're still working hard. And it's nevertheless going to be a platform that's not going anywhere and it's just exciting to see where it's going to go next we alluded to the pandemic i don't think events uh, events went away even during the pandemic right the the way events evolved was that it shifted into a virtual uh space versus an in-person space but what happened during this time is that you know when it when it shifted was that it compounded the problem of what we're trying to solve so in in in, in essence COVID actually is helping us push our product and say like, hey, this has been a problem. Now it's even more of a problem. How are you going to engage your community virtually? How are, and, and more importantly, like if you look at organizations, how are you going to manage your community if, you know, 50% of your workforce is remote? So both internally and externally, your community, you need to be able to be sufficient in terms of managing that. And during the pandemic, it was it was pretty evident. And more importantly, we actually, more organizations realized that the, the impact of community to their sales model line. Yeah, so we're going I just want to turn back the clock and kind of get out of 2020 for a second. I think we all want to do that mentally uh, and emotionally. Tell me about the founder story of Spontively. How did the two of you meet and how did this whole idea come about between the two of you? That's a that's a good question, Corey. Uh, <laughs> Anthony and I met, I'd say, two years ago, almost three. So I I, uh, I moved out west uh, from Ontario for a job. And I moved from, I was living in Lloydminster at the time for a year and a half. And then I got a new job. I'm working in Edmonton. And um, had a hard time just really just integrating into community and just kind of like, you know, you're a young professional and you're just trying to figure out like who else is out here. And just, you know, like and I and the first thing I 
I, you know, was looking into is essentially looking for a league to play hockey in because that's the only thing I really just wanted to do. Really, <laughs> I caught a bunch, uh, a few pickup games, and I, uh, I met Anthony playing pickup, and we basically connected through that. And we're we're essentially we're the same ethnicity as well. I think that's how we originally connected, and we kind of just you know grabbed a coffee from there, and we just started playing more hockey, and then you know, our, our, we just, we just kind of grew into what we're kind of doing now. And, and he kind of pitched this idea to me a few, uh, a few months later we met and his story and how we even got into this is a little bit different, but that's essentially how we met through playing hockey, uh, sheer coincidence. And, um, he basically pitched this idea to me and, uh, I came on board onto this cause it really resonated with my story coming out West and, um, looking for, platforms or avenues to just integrate into communities especially when you're new when you're when you move to a different city or a country how do you integrate yourself uh even with you know the advent of technology now that's still a problem that still exists that's not that hasn't been solved yet right even with you know facebook instagram you know it's almost like they're they're exacerbating the problem versus actually solving it right it becomes more superficial with the likes and you know photos and stuff but that real inter you know, person-to-person interaction is 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 definitely what's lacking, right? And and that's kind of how we started into tackling this because we we both came from that that we we both experienced that same that same uh, that feeling, even though there was a like an age gap. You know, what he experienced in his generation and mine were still not completed. So that was that's essentially how he pitched it to me, and uh, it made just it just made a lot of sense, and it was something fun. And exciting, and I and I've al- I've always actually wanted to get into tech, even when I was in university. Like I would jot down ideas, and I would talk to like my developer friends and just talk to them about, hey, this would be something cool that we could work on. But it never really materialized. So I feel like this is something that kind of, you know, kind of came into fruition, and I kind of just jumped at it. <laughs> That's funny because you you mentioned how you would jot down ideas and stuff. Minus the having developer friends, uh, I remember just having like little bulletin boards in my basement and I'd have sticky notes all over the place on four, three or four different bulletin boards of different random ideas, not necessarily tech, but kind of weaving that in there. I'm a huge Apple fanatic. So, you know, that always managed to work its way in, but it's, it's fun when you can just kind of lay out the ideas. And I know going now to Anthony on, on your end, you know, tell me that, that the early stage, you know, what got you into this idea? Yeah, like prior to meeting Rosh, um, I had this idea of, you know, I think I was really passionate. It was borderline obsessive about this idea, right? And um, I interviewed about 300 people in front of the YMCA. Um, I asked like a series of questions. And, 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 you know, something about this really struck a chord with me. And and I wasn't out there trying to find a co-founder. That wasn't part of my, my train of thought. My train of thought was, who do I want to work with? You know, because I knew this is going to be a longer period of time where this is going to take this is going to take some time to develop. But who would want to um, work with me and, and then be pa- just as passionate about solving this problem? So then I um, 
I met I met Raj um, during hockey, and he seemed like a really great guy. We we shared a lot of similarities in terms of our values, our work ethic. Like we shared a, a lot of things. Like we you know having being you know being being both Sri Lankan uh, Tamil Sri Lankans, we you know we we shared that commonality and that bond. Uh, and um, and to me, it was just a no brainer and saying like, hey, let's let's work on this together if you're interested. Fortunately, Raj was really passionate about this because he's he firsthand experienced this, and I think everybody on our team at some point have experienced this problem and unfortunately enough it is such a big problem that a lot of people gravitate to and i and we've been really fortunate that people have gravitated to 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 us in terms of you know helping us try to solve this even coming in and and coming in for a little while and solving for that moment but it's been really a a fun journey and i don't think i would have ever changed whoever um, you know meeting raj and being like hey come on board and um uh to this day i'm always uh i'm I'm always grateful that he agreed to come on board and and i met i met him right and meeting everybody throughout this journey has been definitely an experience that i would never change same with you man um you know it's funny because while you were talking i was just thinking like I think the biggest thing that really, you know, you talk about values and alignment. And so just a little bit of background about our Sri Lankan Tamil community. You know, our, we're, we're one of the largest diaspora communities in the world. And what I mean by that is that there was a 25-year civil war that took place in Sri Lanka that just ended in 2009. And, you know, our families fled the war in the 80s. And, you know, a lot of Sri Lankan Tamils kind of just dispersed all over the world basically in different countries and i think that was the biggest thing just kind of seeing your your parents and your family kind of grow up and seeing their struggles where they had to leave you know high school where they're running away from bombs and just like you're you're seeing people getting killed in front of you and you're trying to process all that and then on top of that you're moving to a new country where you don't know the language you have to you know bring yourself about and i think a lot of that kind of instilled into this whole incubation of this journey and just understanding where both of us come from. And that alignment for sure really just put that trajectory and that work ethic as to like why we're dedicated to what we're doing. I think a lot of it does stem from that um, because both of our parents come from that background. It's funny because I, I believe uh, Anthony's dad and my mom are from the same village. And like, which is really coincidental, but basically come from that same area that came that went about all this. So I think a lot of that alignment really showed in what we were trying to tackle and where we're at today and why we're, we're very committed to this. Yeah, I think, wouldn't you say that, Raj, like maybe because of that, we the reason why like we're so passionate about community buildings is that we we know the importance and significance of of community when we left our country and maybe that plays that plays a huge part in terms of why we're so obsessed about this um, this problem exactly it's a good point i i didn't i didn't think about it that way but yeah definitely i mean you come to a new place where you're trying to integrate and uh just adapt and that's essentially that's essentially what what's kind of driving this right so now you're well <laughs> pre-pandemic <laughs> you had moved you relocated to roundhouse which is uh, based out of allard hall at McEwen university you know their their focus primarily is social innovation by bringing together all kinds of change makers to create better fairer and greener solutions for our city and the world what made you decide on this particular space to now set up shop 
it, it was really great. Like we, uh, I think, I think those are, that was a good experience for us. Hey, Raj, like we, we, we partnered with McEwen university. Um, that was one of the reasons why uh, we pitched the idea to McEwen and said, Hey, like, listen, um, we got this product. Uh, we got this platform. I think the students would be, it would be, it really benefits students to, to come into, to post, to, to, to McEwen university and, and really feel connected to the university and, and, you know, um, kudos to McEwen, like they, they agreed. And so we said, okay, well, why don't we just be closer to our, you know, at that time we were, yeah, really focused on, on B2C, right? Like the customers with the students. And um, we moved over there and, and in Roundhouse, we were just, we had access to the students. Um, so that was really strategic on our part. And then also, you know, being able to support McCune University and, and, and their, their new space at Roundhouse is, uh, uh, was a no brainer at that point. So before uh, we get into a few uh key milestones so far of Spontively. I want to take a quick break and this is probably going to be different for you to hear because I'm going to be advertising you right now. This episode is being brought to you by Spontively, a community management platform that helps organizations manage thriving communities and plan unforgettable events. That's S-P-O-N T-I-V-L-Y. Make sure to check out their website at spontively.com to learn more about their amazing platform. Let's continue the conversation here. I'm joined by Anthony and Raj of Spontively. It's still an early stage startup, I think, to most people when they look at it. But nevertheless... We can still celebrate big wins even in the young stages of this startup. So what's been what was the first big win for Spontively? Uh, perhaps a specific story of someone or an organization that you helped? You know, what 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 has so far stood out as that first big win? One of the most fulfilling experiences, and when you talk about big wins, uh, was when we met a student, his name is Gino. Um, and he was from the Philippines and he basically came to thank us. And basically he said that I've met 25 friends, uh, after going to a photography based event and he became really, really good friends with one of the people that he met in that photography event who happened to be from New York. So that went, you know, our application is basically what catered to that, you know, friendship to foster and I think that was that played a that was a big milestone and a big win for me because I could really resonate with that because that's exactly what I had went through when I moved here, and that helped facilitate a connection for this individual who came from a foreign land completely new to this country. So that was a huge, huge milestone for me and like a huge win. So that was definitely something that was very fulfilling for me. That's definitely up there in terms of milestones. Um, before that, I think. I think going through ideation and then and then validating um, the platform, I have I have more of a, a systematic view of of milestones. I think I think one of the biggest things was to 
to launch our platform, launch the beta version was a milestone within the university. Testing out with students was, you know, doing QA, QA and, and, and user testing at that point was really a, a big milestone for, for us. Um, you know, getting from from uh, from idea to have a physical product that we see that was working and then people using it was really uh, another milestone. And then going to Toronto um, in, or in 2019 for a Collision Conference, being selected to go be part of Collision Conference was another milestone. Our developers were in Ukraine. Going out to Ukraine was another. Uh, I would never have gone out to Ukraine if it wasn't for that. Like, you know, I don't think I'd ever go. That's another milestone. Um, and just before, like, as this pandemic was going through, and also, like, the, yeah, Gino, Gino was a huge accomplishment for us. And we always said that if we help one person, that we, we've, we've done our job. And, and there we are in, our, in very, 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 like, few months of launching. We, we, we helped That's this individual. True. Um, be part of their, you know, build their community. And, and it, it was our platform that did that, which is great, right? Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we need, uh, we want more from, you know, from ourselves and from what we we can do. We can do this more, much better. We That's how we, we moved into the, you know, focusing on our, on businesses and organizations. During the pandemic, um, we, we, another milestone was that we, we try to help individuals like, leverage our platform and, and the versatility of our platform to be able to find supplies. That was another milestone. So throughout this whole journey, like um, we've had a bunch of milestones that, you know, even I think I've, I, there's a couple I've forgotten for sure, but there's, there's, there's few like things that in this journey that just, you know, reflecting and remembering. And, and, and to be honest though, Corey, like both Raj and I do a really poor job at celebrating these things. So it's, it's great to come on these, on the podcasts. And, you know, I've always said this from, from day one, there's no, no better person that I'd want to do this with. And I'm really fortunate that Raj and, and Renzo and, and our team, like we've, we've done this together as a group. Right. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's where, uh, this is these, this experience I always always remember going forward, right? You have the successes, you celebrate those, but obviously there's hiccups along the way. There's those speed bumps that we you come across and you try and problem solve. Okay, how do we solve this? How do we get around this so we can keep going? What has been that oh shit moment? When the pandemic had started, right? We were going through this motion of you know, we're, we're trying to build better communities out of this. And then this pandemic is happening and we're trying to figure out how exactly do we help people. And, you know, we would go on Facebook and we see all these group chats and we just see all these groups that's being created, care mongering groups. And the number one thing you see is uh, grocery stock just being depleted, like toilet paper. There was that whole thing that went viral, right? Like people can find toilet paper, toilet paper, or like, you know, a lot of these essential items that you would need. And you know what? We were thinking about, you know, we, we, went in, we went in it as good faith because we were just trying to t- figure out how do we leverage our technology, our app that we have, because it is crowdsourced. So like, how do we leverage that to just bring about, you know, uh, aid to people and just make it easier for them? So at one point, it became something where people were using it for, to find grocery stock. And we made the news, um, it made national news. And uh, it was like, at one point, it was a 20 second downloaded, most downloaded app in all of Canada um, during that period. And uh, the, you know, like the, the, the moment there you saw the negativity was basically 
we realized our application wasn't designed for this specific purpose. The design, the user friendliness, and the way you know it functions overall as a mobile application was for a very different need. That need being helping people find hyper-local experiences in their community. And when this became the news as the grocery stock app or the grocery, you know, go, go to your local grocery store, you'll be able to see what's in stock and what's in available. You know, people look at it as like, this doesn't make sense because the way certain things are kind of, um, some of the features or application, it doesn't align to that. And we made sure that we, you know, before we did go on the news channel, we said like, you know, we've, this is not a pivot to what we're doing. We're just trying to leverage our technology to, to help people in any way we can. Right. And, but that did take a negative turnaround. That was something we never even thought of. There's no way that we would think, because again, we're going into this just in good faith that, Hey, we're just, we would never, I never thought that this would happen. Right. Um, but you know, especially when you're living in a society that's very high demand and you want things very quickly, fast and things like that. We were just going into overdrive at that point, right? We're getting all these support emails. We're getting so much uh, messages and, um, you know, that they, it was just, it was such an interesting learning lesson for us, right? Um, it's doing one thing, but it got shifted. The perspective got shifted into something else. Uh, when, you know, your intentions was, your intention was to bring about good to people, but you know, uh, it was a very interesting process. I'd, I'd say that was kind of that moment where we were just like, oh, damn, okay. We did not expect this to happen. Yeah, getting those, uh, getting those negative comments really, uh, yeah, was really, uh, really a bummer. Right? Like, Especially like- also, so I also have to understand, you know, it, then, you know, our developers are also working in overdrive and they're, and it's like you're coming, you're getting all these emails and support messages on the fly, like every second, every minute, change this, change that. We need this, we need that. And our developers are not capable of implementing those changes that fast. So it's just like, you know, like you have this product that's just getting pummeled uh, where the product is, it wasn't built for this specific purpose, but you know, like it's just like a, a bunch of different variables that was at play with this. And uh, it was just a very interesting learning lesson, to be honest. Yeah, I think that that was interesting. Um, you know, yeah, we had so many like I, I wouldn't say negative, but we had so many learning lessons and and oh shit moments like uh, you know from 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 the start and how we're gonna do this and you know like we had to you know like both Raj and I um, are not technical, so we had to find someone that was technical to build the platform and, and help us build it and, and, you know, bring someone technical on a team. So it was, it was so many hurdles as a startup and, and, you know, you, you see, you hear a lot of the success stories and I think, I think going through it and going through the startup phase, you can see, I, I, I definitely could see why, hey, Raj, like we can see why that, that people would, it's easy to quit. It's super easy to, to be like, yeah, I'm done. Because like, you have to find creative ways to overcome these hurdles. And I think I owe it to, we, we owe it definitely to our, our heritage and, and who we are as people. Because, uh, you know, we came from, from nothing. Like our family overcame like a war and, and they were able to sustain themselves somehow in this country, right? I want to throw a quick curveball at you two and you can each take turns answering this when as soon as the pandemic hit you with that oh shit moment of you know 
all this supply of where's the toilet paper and people flooding the app, downloading the app, flooding the app with new updates and mixed messages and feedback and so forth to to you. What was it about the spontively experience that people were f- coming to this application versus say a Facebook group that mo- that a lot of people might have already been in that's local that's people are talking and conversing in a Facebook group or something or a group chat what what do you think was it about the spontively experience that made them steer into that direction I think I personally think it's uh, the fact that information is being shared real time and it's via geolocation I think that was a big, big thing because if you think about Facebook, you know, the the when you go through a uh, like a post or a thread, you're sifting through like hundreds of comments, right? And that thing is changing on the fly. So whereas our application was being updated constantly, like Anthony and I were running to grocery stores and doing like stock supply. There's also people on the application that was doing the same thing, and just it was it really felt like. You know, when we talked about building better communities, it truly felt that it really embodied it because people were actually sharing information to their neighbors, right? At this point, every you know, it, this this tool became something uh, that helped provide knowledge and information to people who did who who were just fearful of going outside, right? Or people who are more of the elderly who just can't, you know, I was at a higher risk of, you know, catching COVID. So this was just, it, 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 I, that experience going alone about it. I, you know, even though it brought this, 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 this certain connotation to it, it was, it was something that was, you know, when you look at, when you look at it from that light, and that's how I look at it, it, it truly embodied building a better community because People were genuinely using it to help one another. Hey, this is there. That's there. Go there instead. Saving you time. It's saving you um, potential exposure uh, to people as well as this virus. And it was just, it was, it, it was, it was, it was like to me, it was just a very, very fulfilling experience. There was a lot of lessons learned um, because you're creating your product for one thing, and in that moment, it 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 became something else. But the purpose it was serving was something that was very positive. And that, that, that's all it was. It was important to me. Yeah, and I would agree for, with Raj, too. I think we were really focusing about, around community. It wasn't about a stock supply. You know, my example has always been like it was no different than the distilleries creating hand sanitizer, right? Like when the distilleries, you know, were, were creating hand sanitizer, they weren't equipped to do that. They were just equipped to help, you know, whatever they, they can to for their community. And we always thought that that's, then we looked at it the same way. We were like, okay, well, we have this tool that, that shows real-time events and a map. Why don't we do stock supply so that we can help the community here uh, get through this? And uh, and that was our intent. Um, you know, some people thought that we were, you know, that the, the stock supplies were magically going to appear. And we're like, no, it's it's crowdsourced. And and some people did not like that. They were like, it's not up to date. There's no, there's no one. We're like, well, it's there, right? If the information's not there, that's, you know, unfortunately that, that we have no control over that. That's what really uh, got us thinking. And, and, and it was like, huh, okay. We, we were trying to do something good. And, you know, there's still some of that negativity that came out from that. Yeah, because it, it was like a, you know, it's something that you're building so passionately and intimately for two years. 
And then all of a sudden it has all the spotlight on it. And you're just like, you're like, you're like, you're, you're frantic, right? You're just like, Oh my gosh, like it's out on the spotlight. And now we got to figure out like, you know, how do you save that? How do you keep that reputation going? And you know, that image and that branding and all of that type of things. It's really, it was a very interesting process. Again, like I've never been exposed to this type of uh, this type of work or this type of, especially in tech. I'm not. I don't have a tech background. I don't come from tech technology, so it was just like really interesting going through that experience, um, and it kind of observing uh, people and reactions and uh, you know what media media was saying and stuff like that. So, but it was it, it, for the most part, it was fairly positive. But it's just that you have. So you always have a group of people that will always, you know, say things, right? Because uh, they don't let, they don't want it the way they want it, and they just have to voice their opinion, which is fine. Yeah. But yeah. think before you post is what I was told in school. Was just think about what you're about to hit send. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at pre-COVID, during COVID, as as a startup, as startup co-founders, whether it be various types of programming or community events for networking, finding potential investors, that sort of thing. What what are some of the things you've participated in? I know you mentioned collision before, but uh, you know, is there anything else that have really stood out and helped along the way to boost spontively, uh, whether it be a community event or perhaps a program locally or something? We've been really fortunate to have a lot of good help and people who are really batting for us uh, throughout this journey. So um, I, th- I think another local event would be Startup TNT. We were part of the first Startup TNT. Um, that, was, that was another community-based uh, uh, initiative from, from Zach and, and, and Tim. So that was really, um, really good for us to get get awareness. Um, you know, both both Raj and I uh, have always been heads down working on the product, so we don't do a good job in terms of promoting ourselves that often. You know, we don't uh, we don't uh, beat our own like you know toot our own horn or beat our own drums kind of thing. So we just want to build a great product so people start to see, start using it and um, and 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 just really focusing on this problem. Yeah, I, I would always I would also say the city of Beaumont. You know, Rob Mackin like awesome awesome um mike schwartz eleanor like they're they've always just been so so supportive with what we're doing and they've really really given us a chance to help facilitate that community building and foster that uh within the community so they've just been strong strong advocates for us yeah but there's countless countless groups who've just been kind of guiding us and helping us no matter like in some way or another so it's it's a very collective approach to this. Through networking and you know going to different uh, events like Startup TNT and participating in the summit, and you know being in uh, working within the town of Beaumont and working with students on campus, you know how how has the innovation community been for you as a new startup on the block? I, th- I think um, one, you know, one thing that I that when we started uh, was that we we want to be integrated into the community, in the tech community. So I was one of the um, early groups of um, um, of interviewing the the Ecos community, um, the panel that e- interviewed the first uh, set of Ecos uh, community members, and that really got me, got helped me understand the community a little bit more and 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 build that uh, that network and and reputation. Um, from that, we were, you know, we have strong support from from Cheryl Watson, um, 
Kenya Kondo, and there's a few, um, you know, uh, I could name, you know, uh, Dan uh, from Jiffy Cat. Um, there's Eric from Eric Ranky from from Mover, who just recently sold his uh, startup to to Microsoft. You know, these individuals have come come through that community to to help help us, uh, you know, help me personally and help help both, you know, both Raj and I, you know, get through this journey, right, and and provide valuable uh, resource and, and information for us. So I think I think um, you know I, I love the Edmonton community. I think the Edmonton community, the entrepreneurs here are great. We're heading the right path, but we still have a long ways to go. I think this is like completely you know new to me entering it right like a few years ago, and you know it's just been welcoming welcoming us in open arms. Right, we talk about building communities. I think you know uh, the Edmonton community is strongly embodies that. Um, as well as all the stakeholders that are involved uh, with this. So what Anthony said, there's just been countless number of people who've just been super supportive with what we're doing and that who's just helping us. And it's just something that's been such a, uh, like a collaborative process um, and just kind of, um, you know, throwing ideas and just helping one another. I, I, that's, yeah, like I, it's just been, it's been really good. Definitely going to be exciting. And of course, uh, news as of today of course uh the new innovation entity has named uh, their new ceo Catherine warren and uh, looking forward to working with her in some capacity and i'm sure you guys will be thrilled to meet her just have a virtual coffee or something with her at some point and just see how well basically see where the road takes us and uh, go from there but just again just creating a new connection and flourishing the community and just continuing the work that all of us are doing. And with that, you know, internal growth, I want to steer towards now kind of looking ahead. What are the roles you're hoping to fill to better the, the company? We're looking to, to get a front-end developer here, um, like in the next coming couple months. That's definitely something that we're looking at to get support for for Renzo, who's our CTO. We're just swamped with a lot of backlog of work from a development standpoint. Um, we've partnered with about 15 organizations, and, and we're steadily growing um, our partnership um, base. So we've got customers coming on board and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, it's like that, oh shit moment. Oh God, we've got all these customers. What are we going to do? And then, you know, in a good way, right? But, but we have to support them. So there's that, you know, as Raj mentioned earlier, like there's never a dull moment. Like there's, it's a roller coaster. Um, in terms of internship, we, we, you know, it's all, we need marketing communications, um, that's coming up. So there's definitely some role coming up. We we're going to be opening that up here in the next, I would say about the next 12 months or so front end developer definitely more sooner than, than than that fantastic well all i can say is to recent grads whether it be marketing communications social media stay tuned as well as for anyone in the developer world looking to do some developer uh work to really make a difference for a local startup i would say uh Submit your CV to Spontively. I'm sure they'll love to review it and see where the road takes you for that. Now, on the subject of internships, you know, I had just spoke on an eight panel for Career Month uh, back in November on the 17th. And continuing that uh, trend, I want to pick both of your brains here as far as what 
advice or feedback would you give to a recent grad that's looking for a little bit of guidance? Maybe they have an idea, but they're they're scared. They're afraid of failure. They don't know where to take it or just someone just trying to get out into the industry. You know, what's that? What would be some advice or feedback you would give to them? Either an entrepreneur or a student intern, I think you need to get your feet wet no matter what. So be prepared to think outside of the box because this economic uncertainty, it fosters a lot of innovation and different way of thinking. I think this is this is a perfect time to try think something new and not worry about failure because the world is turned upside down. It doesn't really matter. That like you can you can crash and burn, it doesn't matter. The world's already everything around you is crashing. So really you have nothing to lose at this point, right? So so this is where innovation and disruption actually like, you know, this it collides together. This crisis or this this recession is really fostered around um, the grassroots and community-based initiatives that are going to be coming out. So, think, looking at that as as a whole, I think there's lots of opportunities for people looking to to find opportunities. It's just a matter of taking that step and saying, like, hey, if I if I want to go and intern at a startup, and, and it's not necessarily a paid internship, but actually the value of of that experience is more than the pay go for it because that would that would teach you the startup world but also you know get get a different perspective on uh, on how how to run a startup or or what are some ideas that need you, you know you can come up with and you know a lot of successful entrepreneurs donated or, or interned at these companies and they, they they came out of that so that's one of the advice that I would give somebody that's looking to get into this uh, in this economic climate yeah, and I would say that um, if you do have an idea that's something that you would like to pursue, I always say go for it. And I always go back to that Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? And you don't know what really... I was just going to say, is that not Michael Scott's quote? I sw- I thought, is it really? I thought it was Michael Scott's Scott quote. This whole entire time I thought it was Wayne Gretzky, but it's clearly not. Anyway, he it's just Michael wrote Scott. it underneath got- Gretzky's name but to try and credit it. But still, yeah, you know. Wow, like I just had to learn about this on this podcast, eh? <laughs> I'm sorry, Raj. <laughs> but yeah, like that quote just really resonates with me. I come from a very risk-averse upbringing and environment, and it, 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 it took a lot to really just break out of that mold. And, you know, you learn so much. I think it's just, to me, it's, like the, it's how, how much you're going to learn throughout that process, right? And even if you fail... Like you have learned so much out of that, that you will become successful because it's just, it's just, it, it, I think life is just all about small tidbits of learning lessons and just trying new things. And, um, you know, you're just, you, you just go with what your interests lie and, and you follow where your values are. And I think that's, that's definitely how I just kind of look at it. You're very simplistically, just, just go with it and just try it out. So Without giving too much away, what can we expect from Spontively in the new year? We're really looking at integrations right now. So um, we've integrated into uh, multiple platforms like Zoom. We just launched Slack. We really want to be the central 
platform for organizations who are trying to build their community. So we integrated with uh, a bunch of other platforms. I think the next integration is going to be very uh, all the social platforms. Uh, that's definitely going to come out in the new year. And then our, our community management side of things and, and analytics so that organizations are, are able to measure their their you know engagement and uh, and retention of their community. I think that coming into next year will be really important for our business partners. Fantastic. Well, exciting stuff nonetheless. Really looking forward to it and just continuing to follow the path that Spontively has been on. It's been really exciting to just stay in tune with, with what's been happening, to stay in touch with both of you. So it's it's been a pleasure. And for more details on Spontively, whether it be the app or the platform itself or the B2B, as well as even a little bit of the B2C uh, experience, where can folks go to get more info? So the app is fully live right now on the Google and on Apple platform. So you can do download it. We have extended our reach. So we are in eight different cities. So that's including San Francisco, Miami, Toronto, Vancouver. So there's all these events that are local in those platforms. We've integrated into Eventbrite, so you can get that all into the mobile app. Stay tuned. If you check out spontively.com, that's S-P-O-N-T-I-V-L-Y.com. That's our online portal. Customers can sign up there. So if your organization, if you're looking to build your community and looking for a community management tool that's centered around events, you can click onto that and sign up. We're closing our beta here and launching here into the public after the new year. And uh, that'll be that'll be up and running. But right now you can you can sign up and, and request to be added to the beta. Thanks so much, gentlemen. That's all I got. So in summary, that that was a long conversation. So if you've stuck around this long, I appreciate it because I wanted to have a nice in-depth conversation with Anthony and Raj. Since this was a long time coming to set this up, I wanted to take my time with this one. They're still working hard to help connect people to their communities based on their interests, location, and availability. Spontively is not going anywhere. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to any further collaboration down the road, whatever that may be. But nonetheless, I'd be thrilled to work with you at some point in some capacity. Absolutely. That's all I have for this episode of Project Connection. If you have any questions or you're interested in telling your story, send us a note at podcast at digitalalberta.com. From Digital Alberta, I'm Corey Seller.